We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's up everybody welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl we had some major news on friday which is exciting to talk about today of course elton jenkins signs his contract extension with the packers which really alleviates one of the really key questions this offseason as to what was going to happen with Elton. I had a huge uh, conversation and topic about it. Thank goodness I did it when I did because would not have been able to do it now. But, uh, you know, this was one of the key decisions that the Packers are going to have to make this offseason period. And now they don't have to. He is back with the Packers. We'll talk about that in great detail in just a second. Quick news and notes from Friday. Got the updated injury report. Only one name on it. It's a name you're very familiar with. David Bakhtiari is doubtful for the Miami game. He did not practice on Friday, so it may be doubtful, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, he is probably going to be out and not playing. Uh, I can't imagine a scenario in which he doesn't practice at all during the week and goes, flies to Miami and plays. So uh, you can expect number 69 not to be out there. No Christmas, maybe there's a Christmas miracle to be had, who knows, but uh, signs certainly seem to be pointing towards Bakhtiari not playing against the Dolphins, which would likely lead Zach Tom to another start at left tackle. But 
that's just minor news. Let's get to the major news. And of course, again, that is Elton Jenkins signing a four-year, $68 million extension that can move him to $72 million with incentives. If you remember back, I had said that I thought he could potentially match Joe Thune's contract uh, from a couple years ago in free agency had he hit the open market. Thune hit five years, 80 million. I thought maybe even Jenkins could hit five years, 90 million on the open market. So that would be between 16 and 18 million per year was sort of my guesstimate. Jenkins got four years, 68 that can move to 74. So between 17 and 18.5 million per year, almost exactly what we kind of expected going into it. The only difference is he only got a four-year deal instead of a five-year deal. That doesn't necessarily... Um, mean that either the Packers or Elton Jenkins and his agent won that side of it. From Elton Jenkins' standpoint, he could hit free agency again and maybe get one more big contract, um, you know, while he's still kind of in the prime of his career. Whereas for the Packers, they cover themselves a little bit and saying, hey, this guy already had a torn ACL. Uh, maybe we don't give him that extra year and kind of see how things develop. And down the road, if we want to pay him again, we'll have the opportunity to do so. So I think this deal makes a lot of sense for both sides. We don't have the full terms of the deal yet, at least not as I'm recording this episode today. Brad Spielberger uh, from Over the Cap and Pro Football Focus had the most intense details of everything yet. So here was his post on Twitter. Packers offensive lineman Elton Jenkins extension is effectively $16 million per year for the first three years with $20 million in the last year, $24 million signing bonus, 2.8 in per game roster bonuses, 2.8 million. Um, incentives, this is the interesting part, incentives tied to all pro left tackle and pro bowl at either tackle spot. And it's basically what he called a pseudo guard tackle deal. Now that's very interesting because we saw Elton play tackle this year and it did not go well at all. The question of course is, was that because he was coming off of his torn ACL or was that because he just did not fit at tackle? The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. He was rusty. Even if you remember, he played almost all, or he played at right tackle for the first four or five games, whatever it was. Then he played one game at left guard and then moved, or then sat out a week and then played at left guard every game after that. That one game at left guard prior to sitting out the one week that he sat out, he struggled at left guard there too. And you could tell he was still struggling from the ACL and wasn't quite himself. Since coming back from that one week absence, he's looked awesome at left guard and has looked like Elton Jenkins. And you could almost see like that rust being off and him feeling a lot more comfortable. So it will be interesting to see where Green Bay wants to play him long-term. It is very interesting that there are incentives tied to tackle, both left tackle and right tackle, so that if he ends up hitting certain thresholds, making the Pro Bowl or making all pro at those positions, that he can get additional money in the deal. That can get a little bit awkward at times if all of a sudden, you know, Jenkins has the ability to earn a bunch of like millions of dollars in incentives by playing tackle. And Green Bay says, no, we're going to play you at guard. Like I said, sometimes that can get a little bit awkward. Maybe Green Bay just says, you know what, we're going to play you at guard, but we're going to pay you your incentives anyway. Like there's ways around that, but that can get a little bit challenging at times. So that will be something to work, you know, kind of work through and keep an eye on through the course of the deal. That was probably the most interesting thing. The other thing is when agents announce these deals and notice that when Ian Rappaport announced the deal, he didn't just announce the deal. He announced the agency that got it done and that it was the second highest paid guard contract in the NFL. So he was clearly 
working with the agents, got probably the numbers from the agents and gave them a shout out in that tweet. But the reason that I say that is almost always when you hear the first terms of the deal, it's agent talk, right? It's not really what the the contract's going to end up being. When I get the full numbers, I'll break it down for you guys a little bit more to be sure. But what usually happens is they inflate those numbers. So it was interesting to me that the only reported guarantee, at least at the onset, and again, Rappaport almost assuredly working with the agents on this, the only guaranteed reported was $24 million in signing bonus. Now, it is likely that probably some of the first year of the deal, if not all of the first year, maybe part of the second year is guaranteed as part of that contract as well. We'll, we'll see it when we see it. But uh, the fact that only $24 million in signing bonus was in this deal is a little bit interesting. Like I said, there's probably some guarantees on top of that, but if it was a massive guarantee, it almost assuredly would have been reported as like a $50 million of it was guaranteed in the deal. So this makes me believe that this wasn't a massively guaranteed deal. Green Bay probably protecting themselves a little bit from injury protection with the torn ACL already on the books. And then you get um, you know, into that fourth year of the deal, based on Spielberger's reporting of it, uh, with it being kind of 20 million in the last year and not a ton in signing bonus, I can guarantee you that there's not going to be probably guaranteed money in that final year of the deal other than the signing bonus. You're probably looking at the Packers being able to get out of that deal in year four and save some real serious money if that ends up coming to fruition and being the case. So like I said, we'll go down and, and break down the details of the contract in a much more minutia when we actually get the full details of the deal. But on the surface, from what it looks like, like the deal for both sides. I think Jenkins did pretty well. I think the Packers did well, especially with maybe protecting themselves down the road, probably ends up being more of a three-year deal with kind of like a fourth-year team option, if you want to look at it that way, would be my guess. And either way, you're paying for a really good football player. So I don't hate anything that I'm seeing on the surface here. The only thing that I would say is, and I mentioned this when I did the initial uh, you know, topic and, and conversation on Jenkins and his contract, I don't, I don't know what Elton Jenkins, there's two things that Elton Jenkins got out of this by signing this today as I'm recording this. He got obviously some security in the fact that, hey, if, if all of a sudden he tears his ACL in the final three games of the season, he's not going to get paid in the offseason. And that can happen. We saw Odell Beckham didn't sign a long-term deal. Uh, it wasn't on a long-term deal, played out his contract and ended up tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl. And we're seeing that effect. Like he would have got a massive deal um, you know, in, in the offseason had he not torn his ACL in the Super Bowl. Instead, he's now unpaid this year and that, that can happen. So uh, he definitely gained some level of security that if he were to tear his ACL or have a major injury in his last three weeks, he's still going to get that money. So there is some protection there. The other thing is that he gets to be a Green Bay Packer. And maybe that means nothing. Maybe that means something. But those would be the two things that Elton kind of gets out of this is that th- basically a three-game insurance policy, which he probably could have taken out an insurance policy somewhere for those final three games of the contract if he really wanted to. Um, but that's one thing. And then two, if he wants to be a Packer, he wants to be a Packer and he's probably very happy with the deal. If you look at his photo online, he seemed extremely happy with the deal. So that's awesome. The only thing I will say though is like he would have got paid more than this if he reached free agency. There is zero question in my mind about that. But sometimes you want to be a Packer, which is awesome. And you want to carry the G, which is amazing. So happy for Elton Jenkins. And like I said, I think the Packers got, you know, did well here to get the deal done that they got done. 
Uh, so like I said, solid for both. Let's look at really quickly kind of Elton Jenkins' play this season. So I mentioned to you, right tackle was an unmitigated disaster. I had him as, I think, one of my top, like bottom two graded players on the team, on the team at the time that he was playing right tackle. It was, it was bad. It was bad, bad. And then I mentioned he played one game at left guard, sat out a game, and then over the last six games, he's graded plus 3.4 over the last six weeks. If you'd extrapolate that over a 17-game season, if he continued on that pace, he would be at plus 9.6 for the season. He would easily have been the top-graded Packer on the team this year, if that ended up being the case. And you're talking about only a couple years of Lindsley and Bakhtiari's prime that would have beat that out over the last handful of seasons. So, you know, even just even in these last six weeks, he has played at a very high level. And again, if you could carry that out over the course of a season, which we have seen in his career that he's capable of doing, he's a very, very good football player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the, the next question then becomes, all right, who are the offensive linemen for next year? We'll get to Bakhtiari in a second. But basically now you're looking at, at worst case, at worst case, the Packers offensive line this week is basically their offensive line going into next season. Zach Tom at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, Yash Nyman at right tackle. Not perfect, not ideal. Some opportunities for improvement and growth. You're hoping that guys like Zach Tom, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, maybe even Yash Nyman, maybe even Elton Jenkins could still you know, take a step and play better. You've got some young, talented players. Uh, I know they're very excited about Caleb Jones. You've got Rasheed Walker. You still got Royce Newman, not necessarily saying they're super excited about that, but you've got Luke Tenuta, who was a six-round draft pick this year that they were able to claim uh, this season. You've also got Sean Ryan, a third-round pick this year. So you've got a kind of a semi-established starting offensive line already. And then you've got some young you know, depth that is at least intriguing. You know they're going to draft two or three offensive linemen because they do every single year. Probably sign another handful of undrafted free agent offensive linemen. Maybe pick up a veteran to give you another swing tackle, which they've done in the past with Rick Wagner or Jared Valdir, uh, etc. There's some opportunities there. Or, or you keep David Bakhtiari. And that, of course, is the Oh, $30 million question-ish over two seasons. So as mentioned before, I don't think the Jenkins contract necessarily affects what happens with Bakhtiari. I will say if they were not able to keep Jenkins, I think it made it much more likely that they would have 
try to like everything in their power to probably keep Bakhtiari because Lucy, I don't care if it's love. I don't care if it's Rogers. I don't care if it's a you know, draft pick that they end up taking. I don't care who it is. If you go without Jenkins and Bakhtiari into next season, you're putting your offense well behind the eight ball along the offensive line. So I do think had Jenkins not resigned, it would have made it more likely that Bakhtiari was back. But I don't, there's certainly not a scenario where because Jenkins signed this deal that they don't have the money for David Bakhtiari anymore. They can, they can make that work. If they want to bring David Bakhtiari back, they can still do that. But it is still a major question mark. And how, you know, if he can get back for the final two games, how he plays in those two games and how the knee continues to hold up. There's like a lot of this is just going to be medical. A lot of this is going to be Brian Gudikins going to the, the medical team and saying, hey, he's got two years left on his deal. How many games is he going to play based on your, you know, professional experience, based on your analysis? How, like, what are we going to get in this deal? If they say, hey, we think it's going to hold up. We don't have any issues. It's probably close to a no brainer. And if they say, it's a coin flip, you know, are you, are you feeling lucky? And Brian Gudikin's got a decision to make. And if it's, it, it could snap tomorrow and there's a good chance that he doesn't play, you know, uh, another even full season, you probably have to move on. So unfortunately it ends up being more of a medical decision probably than anything else. I do th- still think that they can bring him back, but again, it, it's all going to go into the the equation of what they want to do this off season. Aaron Rodgers and his decision probably plays a large part. We already heard Aaron Rodgers say that the players that are kept seemingly pointing to guys like Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, you know, which players of those are back is probably going to go into Aaron Rodgers' decision as well. And he basically said that. So this is all going to be very, very interesting, but no question about it. It does not hurt uh, to get Elton Jenkins back. And again, if they want to bring David Bakhtiari back, regardless of what happened with Elton, you can certainly do so. So that is uh, still going to be a domino that's going to have to fall in what they do with Bakhtiari. But of course, we'll be right here to cover it whenever that does happen. And like I said, I don't think anything that happened with Jenkins really affects that all too much as we move forward, but it will just be worth keeping an eye on. And then the other question, of course, that this brings up, and I know I actually had people DM me, and of course, we're back to the salary cap is fake. I promise you, looking you in the eyes in the camera, I am going to do a salary cap 101 with you guys this year as to how this stuff works. But just to give you an idea, and I mentioned this in the previous Elton Jenkins conversation as well, Joe Thune, when he signed his big uh, massive contract two years ago, the cap hit in the first year of that deal, $4.5 million. So it is going to be a backloaded deal. It is going to be spread out amongst probably five years, including this one. They were able to get it done within this league year so they can use the salary cap of this year, which matters less because you can carry over the salary cap space anyway, but they get it done this year so they can do that. And um, like I said, it's going to be massively backloaded and he's probably not going to cost an exorbitant amount on next year's salary cap. And if they want to do some similar things with Bakhtiari, they can do that as well and continue to borrow from the future. That does not mean that there is no salary cap or that it doesn't affect things because it absolutely does, but they're going to be able to fit uh, Elton Jenkins under the cap without any concern based on it being the first year of a long-term deal. This will actually help them build an offensive line and not have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. So this is, uh, like I said, going to help Green Bay and their salary cap not help because he wasn't on the on the books, right? So anything, even if he made two million, that it still takes away. Uh, but it's still going to be a very 
um, cost-effective deal in 2023, to say the very, very least. And that's going to be the, the big reason why, A, they were able to bring him back, and B, the reason that uh, like they can still bring or keep a Bakhtiari and, and you know still kind of keep some of this team together if they want to go in that direction. And then lastly, that kind of brings us to the final decision of, like, was this the right deal to make? Because you've got an offensive guard who's generally guard is it's changed a bit because of the Aaron Donalds and the Chris Joneses. And like, we're in a golden age of defensive tackles, Kenny Clark, Grady Jarrett, like we could go on and on. Uh, Delvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, like just the defensive tackles in this league right now are just stupid, stupid good. So the value for guards have gone up. Uh, It's definitely a position that's valued far, far more than it used to be in large part because of all the talented players on the interior of the defensive line. But You've got a what was gener- what still is generally considered a non-premium position. You're making him the second highest paid guard in football. He's never played to that level. I know, and I've mentioned this before, I know people have this idea that he is all pro, first team caliber guard. He has never shown that. He's always been good. He's almost always been really good, but never first team all pro, never even really like high-end Pro Bowl caliber player. We just haven't seen that from Elton Jenkins. Now you're making him the second highest paid guard, at least as of the day that the contract was signed. I do think we need to see the final contract to see exactly what it looks like. We can't trust just the, you know, the one blurb that we get four years, whatever million, you know, $72 million. We're going to have to see the ins and outs of it before we make a final determination. He has been playing very well as of late, as I mentioned. To me, in his last six games, he looks like a Pro Bowl left guard. Had he never torn his ACL and had we never experienced any sort of bad Elton Jenkins, even for a handful of games, even at a position he's probably not going to end up playing, this to me is a no-brainer deal. So I think, you know, we have a little bit of recency of like, all right, he didn't look good at right tackle. Maybe he doesn't have quite the versatility we thought he once had. He looks a little bit more human this year than maybe we've seen in the past. But I still think a lot of that was ACL rust playing out of position. I still think he has left guard center, right guard versatility. He can probably kick out to left tackle in a pinch. So I still think there's some versatility there. And he's just been a good player when he's been healthy. And I don't think you can take the first handful of games at right tackle coming off a torn ACL and really hold it, uh, hold it against him too much. The two questions I would ask when you're giving out this type of money, when you're giving out this type of contract is A, is he an impact player? He, I would argue that Elton Jenkins is not an impact player, period. But I would also argue that he's like, this is not a mauling physical offensive lineman that's going to move people in the running game and just pancake players and, you know, do that sort of thing. I do, I do think he's a very good offensive lineman that helps keep your quarterback clean, that helps your running game, and he just helps every aspect of the game. So would I consider him an impact player? Maybe not, but... He is a little bit of a force multiplier in that he's going to help Christian Watson because the quarterback's going to have more time. He's going to help the running game because they're going to have more room because Elton Jenkins is out there. Even if he's not a mauler, he's a solid run blocker. Like he's just a very good football player and he's going to help everyone else on offense because he's out there. And I, because of that, I think it makes sense. Then the other question I always ask, if you're a defensive coordinator, are you losing sleep at night because you got to go against Elton Jenkins? And I would say probably not, right? Like you're, you know, you're aware of it, but like, you're not like, we got to go against Elton Jenkins today. It's going to be a long Sunday. Like, I don't think you necessarily look at it that way either. So I do think this is a very big contract for a player that's probably not quite in that upper echelon of players yet. Maybe he gets there. That's certainly within the realm of possibility. But at the end of the day, my sort of gut feel off of it is 
He's a really good football player that's homegrown. You drafted him. You developed him. He wants to be a Green Bay Packer. Clearly, he didn't seek out free agency, which he would have and probably or could have and would have received better offers on the open market. And he's just going to help everything on the offense on this team moving forward. He's still young. He's talented. I still think he can get better. He has versatility. Like there's nothing about that player that you don't want back on your, on your team in some capacity. Could it end up being a little bit of an overpay? Maybe, but salary cap's going up. And like I said, that fourth year of the deal, my guess is they're going to be able to get out of if something goes wrong as well. So to me, good deal on paper. We'll look at it a little bit more in detail when we get the final numbers, but I like it. I'm excited to have Elton Jenkins back in Green Bay. Everything else, time will tell, and we'll keep monitoring it as the length of that contract goes along, and we get to look back at it and you know, after three, four years and say, yeah, that was a really good deal, or Ugh, wish they went to done that. But as we sit here today, without the benefit of hindsight, like the deal for Green Bay, and we'll break it down further when we get the full details of the contract. That's going to do it for me today. If uh, you are a Christmas celebrator, Merry Christmas Eve uh, and uh, Merry Christmas tomorrow. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, Breaking Down Packers Dolphins pregame show. So make sure to check that out as you're unwrapping presents. But until next time, and as always, go Packo. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.